podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Hello everyone, so we're back a day earlier than advertised. So on the pod on Monday with Sim that we wouldn't be here recording on a Wednesday night because we have lives. But hey, you know what? It turns out we don't. <laughs> or rather, we not piss off our employers by recording during the workday. Perhaps both are true. Choose your own adventure. We're here now because the FA Cup results are in and we're here to react to in our second half of this week's pod offering, a slightly truncated edition, walking you through our planning for the immediate term. All eyes, of course, are on the likes of Lindenator at Planet FPL, for exhaustive and detailed guides, the Credinator too. So this isn't designed to be as such. It's just our thoughts now the dust have settled. And you know, it's one of the scenarios we spoke about with Sim on Monday has manifested itself. And it is the Max Chaos iteration, which we'll get into in just a second. Joined today by Sam, who's not normally up this late, but is presumably <laughs> amped up by the cup results and told me earlier, this is like my Christmas. Mm. We are such nerds, aren't we? Yeah. Anyway... <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it is a bit like Christmas, really, because it's just so interesting with all the moving pieces. And yeah, lo- absolutely love the chaos, embrace it. And it's one of those sort of pivot points in FPL that changes engage manager season. So like, like you uh, hinted at a minute ago, having maximum chaos means maximum different variance in different scenarios and ways of planning and ways of strategizing. So yeah, all lots of fun to come and hopefully we'll uh, get into it on this pod. Um, We won't be going for a whole hour though this time, I don't think, because like you mentioned, it is a little bit past my bedtime as it is anyway. Um, But in the meantime, whilst whilst we are online, we are Who Got The Assist. Um, As Tom said, uh, this is part two of this week's recording. We'll be looking back at the FA Cup results, what they mean for our team and planning for the short term, but also touching on chip strategy over the next few weeks as well, because I think, again, moving pieces has solidified in our minds what we might be doing with our chips strategy. But again, we'll kind of be mind mapping it live on the show today. So it could get quite interesting. With that in mind, please do um, give us a moment to have some hot takes. It has only just happened. So there might be one or two things that we get slightly wrong. I've got my notes up. I've made a few um, little jots on a notepad before a recording today. So hopefully I don't get anything wrong. But if either of us do, please be kind because uh, we're reacting very quickly to this. So fingers crossed we get it all right. In the meantime, just as a timestamp, it is the end of the FA Cup results. We've got them all in. It's the 28th of Feb um, and all of the games have concluded. So with that, shall we start our reaction, Tom? Yeah, yeah. And the first thing that really comes to mind for me, and I'm really sorry if this was you, is that I was shocked how many people were hoping for a Leeds win and hoping for Easy Street. Like, I, I just I just <laughs> couldn't understand that. Because if you're an engaged FPL manager... Unless surely, you're a Leeds fan. <laughs> yeah, unless you're a Leeds fan <laughs> or whatever. Like, surely you, you this has been signposted for a long time and this is what's going on, right? And it... I don't remember last season, it swung so nicely with the FA Cup results. And the season ended up on rails. Like, there were some things that were different. I mean, you could, there was Wilson versus Isaac in 37. There was Gome of Kane over Salah in 38. 
Mm-hmm. But the differences were really sort of cosmetic, I suppose. And it became so academic. Like, as soon as the FA Cup results were in, so this time last year, we all wildcarded immediately because it was so bloody obvious what you were going to do next. Whereas this time, there are so many different avenues open, aren't there, Sam, with the yeah. scenario which has come through. And yeah, um, do you want to just detail exactly what that is for those who are living under a rock? Yeah, so just to summarise, four fixtures will go ahead in game week 29, which is the maximum chaos scenario you noted on the pod earlier this week. The the three that we already knew are Burnley, Brentford, uh, Fulham, Tottenham and West Ham against Aston Villa. Tonight we have also gained the additional Luton versus Forest. Obviously, people who wanted to avoid the free hit or um, forget about planning altogether were hoping Chelsea would jump in there as well. That has not happened. So it looks like we're going to be very bare bones in game week 29. And the planners who um, have already started moving towards those players that were guaranteed games in game week 29 probably take advantage um, or people who just want to embrace the free hit in game week 29 as well. Yeah. And it is a very, very bare bones that game week, isn't it? And um, as it is, I guess, we need to kind of start thinking now what we're mm-hmm. going to do and how we're going to play it. And you know, there are so many different ways, just thinking about trip strategy, what happens now um, in terms of things that are going to occur amongst the community. And what is really exciting compared to last year is that there are going to be loads of splinters now. We were just discussing yeah. when, just before we were waiting to come on air, that like, there's loads of different kind of ramifications here. Like I saw that Andy, uh, let's talk FBL tonight, was saying that, you know, uh, free hit 29 was inevitable um, mm-hmm, from- mm-hmm. and we on the pod have been saying well actually we're not entirely sure about that even though obviously the, the, the door is open and sim on monday made a really good case for um free hitting in 29 but for both of us it's one of those where we could kind of go either way even though yeah. i've only got four people actually four players at the moment in that um game week 29 as it stands that was kind of all planned into what i was going to do anyway yes they're going to be a hit, there's going to be a hit or two but I can get to kind of eight or nine while covering uh, Watkins, Tony, Son, and also having you know, Porro, Doughty and Leno, I think it is, uh, in, in the defence. And I think that that's going to be enough for me to stave off using that free hit. And maybe I'll be kind of using that free hit more aggressively later on down the line. But yeah, but there's loads of different things, aren't there, Sam, that people could do? Yeah, absolutely. So like like you mentioned, Andy's already started touting free hit as inevitable in game with 29. I do understand why it will be popular, by the way. Um, but a few people in the chat are very correctly noting that game with 29 doesn't look that appealing. So yeah, Paul, uh, you've just highlighted it as well. Waste of a free hit. I, I don't know. I, I don't know where I really stand on whether it's a waste or not necessarily, because you will like you're almost guaranteeing a net gain that week if you free hit because most of us who don't will go in with eight maybe nine players probably with a hit or two to get there so i think you will get a gain so i do understand the benefit of the free hit but with the players on offer in that game week i think if you can get to the most important ones so we're looking at your spurs midfielders you're probably looking at bowen you're looking at watkins obviously there's there's a few that if you can pad out your side with those types of players, you you might get a little red arrow. You might you might take a little bit of a loss in that specific week, but at the at the benefit of regaining a free hit at a later date, for example, game week thirty four, which I think will be the the way up for a lot of people, whether to use it in game week twenty nine in the blank and gain three or four extra players and avoid the hit, or use it in game week thirty four, for instance. 
where you could get a whole team of doublers out and it looks like the teams that are likely to double that week might not be the most appealing either. So you might not want them for the weeks surrounding 34 either. It might it might be quite a, a quite a good way to differentiate yourself from those who free hit in game week 29. So I can see it both ways. Like obviously hot takes at the moment. So I don't want to overreact and lock myself into a strategy. But as it stands right now, I think I can probably get to all of the key men for game week 29 with transfers without necessarily needing to free hit. And that appeals to me greatly because I, I want to attack game week 34 with everything I've got and go maximum value in that week. Right. And the players around, uh, the players that I'd be looking at in that week, obviously we haven't got confirmed fixtures, but the players that I might be looking at in that game week might not be players I want to hold on to for several yeah. weeks. So yeah, yeah that, that, that's probably my hottest take I'm going to give tonight, but I could easily change my mind come tomorrow morning. And if someone raised a really good point on it, I could absolutely um, completely pivot. I'll tell you what, I mean, we've been talking about this today and mm. something that is in my mind now is thinking about what that bench boost looks like. And because that's the ultimate sort of decider potentially for when you use that wild card right and using that wild card um as sim was talking about last week if you if you wild card in 30 you've still got you know, the bones of a month month and a half until you actually do bench boost and i was, I was thinking about it and i also sent you a wild card draft earlier on which featured as that's kind of the bench crew a few interesting characters so that would be uh, richards who's at crystal palace at the moment who's cost 3.9 so he'd be kind of feasibly kind of a 12th uh, one of the 12 to 15 um you'd have Bramfway everton feasibly one one of the 12 to 15 and then like if you're going to stick the 343 uh, a sheffield united 4.4 one mm-hmm. of the 343 what do all three of those teams have in common? They're all, according to Ben Krellin, the likeliest to have a double game week in 34. So what you could really think about is that you could go with a bare bones, wildcard into quite a bare bones team, um, i.e. The, the bench, you don't kind of put too much into it with doubling players of that ilk. Wildcard in 34 potentially is what I'm kind of th- uh, sorry. Wildcard for a bench boost in 34 potentially is what I'm sort of thinking about right now mm-hmm. because um, I've bought those cheap players for a double game week. Obviously, I'm going to probably run through 29 now at the very least and then figure it out. And then 37, which has been advertised as rotation hell. I don't think it's I don't think it's ever that bad. I do think that you know there's lots of ways around that, particularly surrounding single game week players, um, using them effectively. Past years, I've only wild carded with maybe kind of, I think probably about ten doublers, something like that, and it's been yeah. fine because I've had kind of solid single game weekers, high quality single game weekers also in the mix. So it might be that 34 may end up being because of the personnel who are available to buy in. Um, that could be the optimal bench boost solution right now. Um, I'm really thinking about that because of those sort of crappy players who are likely to have double, with all due respect. Mm. I could have them, have them all double that week and just kind of just forget about them because I'm, I'm already focusing on the kind of the core 11 if I have those players in as my bench and they will happen to have a double game week. They're not the best game weeks and double game weeks in the world according to what Ben thinks they may be. So West, uh, Chris Palace, w- Richards, West Ham, Newcastle, Everton, um, that would be Brampweight, Nottingham Forest, Liverpool. Those games are all at home, by the way. And um, Sheffield United, Burnley, and Man United. So, I mean, 
if that did come to pass, that wouldn't be too bad at all, would it? <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's something that I've, I've really started to think about and already something that may sort of uh, interest me, especially when it comes to 37, using that free hit then. Or even, Sam, we were talking about this earlier on, if that free hit maybe doesn't need to be used, using it in game week 38, mm. which I know that um, FPL discomfort Kieran was talking to me about last week at Meets. Yeah, it's interesting. I've always wanted to try that. Just leave it to the last day. I mean, I'll, I will probably be at FPL meets on game week 38. I usually am. You probably, I assume, are thinking about it too. And using it whilst at like an FPL meets or something is something that would be just so much fun. And I never get to that point in the season having not used it. And to be honest, with the amount of doubles and blanks now happening, I think it is unlikely for me because I think one way or another, I'll want to navigate or optimise in either 29 or 34 um, or potentially, like you mentioned as well, 37 could be interesting as well. If if you want to assume that there will be a bit more variance that week as well, and you don't want to have 15 players to worry about and you can also figure out on the day who are the most likely players to play. So basically free hit can go in whenever you want now, if you want it to. But 29 is the one week where I'd say you're almost guaranteed to get a net benefit from it. Not necessarily just from game week 29 itself, but also from the weeks around it, the minus fours that other people will be taking. You won't have to. Um, and you can optimise your team rather than prioritising double game week players. However, that is a marginal gain and it's whether or not you can gain more on the on the field in in weeks with more upside like 34 37 and personally at the moment i think you probably can and a lot of people in the in the chat are also suggesting the same as well so it's good to know some people are on my side as it stands yeah, kieran uh, who's uh, who i references in the chat if you're those come faces there's an optimal ending to the season there mm. should be a green arrow to end the season after a season of torment it's a fun way to end it which is why we all play right I mean, it, it can be great fun to just... I play to torture free. myself personally. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that is not I <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think that... I'm just I'm just really like excited about the fact that there are loads of different avenues open and we're not all forced down the funnel of one particular route. Yeah, I think yeah. it is really interesting what people are saying in the chat and what kind of the general vibe seems to be on FPLX that a lot of people are kind of now thinking, right, that's it. Free hit 29 is absolutely a certainty mm -hmm. because I don't know. I, I'm just not so sure it is. And I do think that there is going to be value in playing that free hit I know it's a simplistic kind of way of looking at it, but playing that free hit offensively rather than defensively. As you said earlier on, yes, it's a guaranteed green arrow. We all know that. We can all see that. And it does curtail some of the um, some of the hit-taking that's going to occur around this sort of time. But, I mean, say you've start, you're at a starting point now where you're organically going to have, I don't know, Sam, maybe a three or four players? Yeah, I think in most people would have maybe four. I mean, if, if you think about it this week, if you bring in, we'll talk about, we'll talk about Huang in a minute, we know he is injured. Um, if you are going to do a career to career swap, <laughs> you know, yeah. Huang out for Son, that takes you up to kind of four or five. Mm -hmm. 28, we know, um, for example, that most people are going to own Slanky now. Doughty perhaps is a bit of an obvious pick. If you do kind of don't, if if you kind of look at that double game, we can think, well, the Bournemouth midfield is going to be a bit of a rotation risk. Do I really want any kind of Luton defenders? Is there going to be space, any room at the inn for a Morris or if he's fit, Adibayo? Maybe not. Um, I mean, I know you were looking at Neto, but really, is there going to be that much sort of interest beyond that in the defence? So mm. you, you buy in a 
double uh, game with 29 friendly player this week. We're both looking at Son for Huang. Yeah. And then 28, you just think, you know what? I'm going to captain Slanky, probably have Doughty, in your case, buy Doughty, stick to kind of having quite a low-fi approach to that, buy another game with 29 friendly player. That takes you up to six or five or six, and then take a hit. Then you make sure you get Tony to kind of make sure you've covered that off get another one which covers off and i think you're probably going to be okay having seven or eight players for that week i mean yes people are going to get green arrows on you on basically appearance alone but i don't think there's going to be the utility the value in playing that free hit chip at the moment in that week compared to playing it in a double regardless of what that double is going to be. I think for me, I am looking very strongly now at wildcarding at some point, maybe even directly out of um, whatever I end up with in game of 29 into 30, with the idea being that I take it straight to 34 and bench boost then, depending on where the fixtures fall. But having a very cheap bench that all happen to double in 34, regardless of how many single game week, because I actually have as part of my main team and whatever kind of uh, what teams kind of end up blanking that week as well, because of course that is the FA Cup uh, quarterfinals, isn't it? Um, mm. But I think yeah, there's so many different ways you can play this. And I think that, that ultimately is what's really good about this, that it's not as easy as, as I said at the very start, I was astonished that so many people wanted it to be. Yeah, yeah, it's a great point. And I, not to change subjects or anything, but Nathan also brought something up in the chat that you touched on as well um, with Game Week 28 in mind. I think what could be interesting, I think I think we're both assuming, by the way, that Solanke will be fine. And we don't know at the moment. There is an MRI scan, but as far as I'm concerned, that's pretty standard procedure for any sort of um, knock in professional football at this point. So I think we're hoping he's fit even for Game Week 27. However... If let's assume a worst case scenario happens and Slanky is out for game week 28 as well, I think we all just jump on Morris and then we've got an extra, we've got a doubler in game week 28 anyway. And then we've got a player in, in 29 too, and he's on penalties. So um, that probably would be the simple solution there if Solanke did end up being out. However, I think it is pretty unlikely. What it does mean though, for anyone, like you said, anyone that's not looking at free hitting in 29, um, it means that 28 is probably not a major attack week like you hinted at. And that is probably not the worst thing. I, I don't think it, it like obviously Bournemouth have got two great home fixtures there. But outside of Solanke, where a lot of the upside occurs, picking a Bournemouth attacking asset is is not easy at the moment. There's a lot of rotation. Or obviously, a lot of players are coming back into the fold at the moment. And defensively, it's Senesi who could easily end up getting himself banned by that point, or at least for one of the games. Um, and Neto, who, again, keeper transfers just don't ex- inspire that much confidence <laughs> anyway. So maybe it's a week that you just don't need to attack that hard, get the essential players like you like you mentioned, and not, and not go too much further than that. It's not going to hurt you too much, is it? I mean, the, yes, I suspect there's going to pro- there's going to be kind of pockets of players, especially with the nature of uh, FPLX and the engaged community as it is. Witness Huang from nowhere getting to kind of I can't remember what it was in the end, so that kind of like twenty thirty percent effective ownership from nowhere the week before, and we can see that kind of happening. But apart from Slanky and maybe Doughty, I, I can't really see the bandwagon being absolutely off the rails for any individual player. Like if, if Milos Kerkes suddenly becomes the must-own on FPLX, 
you know, even if the, the forces of Andy, Raptor, and Co. all combine, I, I can't see a bandwagon getting that huge for those players at that time. And um, so I, I think you'll probably be right. And I think that there's definitely kind of a reduced. <laughs> reduced sense of concern uh, I think we we're going to say uh, for me um, on that game week in terms of the rotation I think that because Bournemouth don't have the game week um, in uh, in game week 29 now um, I think that that may well reduce it um, but there are still players coming back um, there are still players who may kind of slightly crowd um, the, the space. Like, you know, I, I really like Tavernier. Um, I think that he would be a really interesting sort of pickup for that week, just as a high, uh, a, a high variance of individual. Like, does love a long shot, as we saw against Man City. It, it wouldn't take him much for him to get a goal in that game. And um, does have it in his locker. Um, and maybe he'd be one that you would punt. But I think if you are looking to run through um, 29 rather than play the free hit that week, then I think that you just shoo that and you just kind of go for something a bit more kind of 29 friendly and 28. Yeah. Um, probably helped a lot by the fact that West Ham are Burnley. Um, so yeah, Kudus or Bowen um, would probably be absolutely fine to bring in and I know that Bournemouth have got Sheffield United and Luton mm-hmm. um, and those are obviously fantastic fixtures but what's to say that um, as we've kind of referenced with the rotation risk that you wouldn't see a Sheffield uh, a Bournemouth player play one game bench for the second one in midfield anyone other than Slanky you would have some questions about that so what's to say that a Bowen or a Kudus or even and pick a pack a tire if you want to go there for the penalties, wouldn't um, be able to do something that in that game. Aston Villa versus Spurs as well, definitely worth mentioning too. Well, we will mention it more in, in, in next week's pod. But that game is huge. Um I'm really I'm really looking forward to that one. Actually, yeah, I'm so, cool. so, yeah. so glad that it's on the Sky Sports because that could be, you know, a potential Champions League six pointer. Yeah. So, Again, you could attack that fixture. Um, if you're buying Son, you could add Madison, or you could add, you know, the flavor of the week, Doug Louise, mm-hmm. or even Leon Bailey, and be okay with that. Um, so I'm mean, nothing really makes me think that yes, okay, you, you're sacrificing a player and double in service of 29, the greater good. But the fact is, if you look at, if you zoom out a little bit, not not too far, not zooming all the way up, zoom out just a little bit, look at 28 and 29 as like a combined sort of package, then you're, you're not really losing out by favouring a single game weaker in 20, 28 over a double game weaker because you're going to get that back in 29 anyway. Mm. So, you know, I, I had um, Kudus coming in in 28 in my initial plan. Could be Bowen, but probably Kudus. We'll, we'll need to see, I need to see, especially if I'm buying Son this week. Um, but, I mean, I think that's absolutely fine. And I'm, it's not something that I'm particularly concerned about, especially because I'll be selling probably Foden um, because of the Liverpool-Man City game. Um, yes, <laughs> of course, I'm inviting a, a massive negative swing there, but... There are always ways around it. I think we are being quite condemnatory, potentially, about Game Week 29. And yes, it is probably uh, the logical course of action. And I've seen someone in the chat say that it is why it was brought in to help you in these sort of scenarios. And I'm saying to you recently, I don't know if you're watching, but if you are, hi, Ben. <laughs> a friend of mine um, who didn't really realise there was a double going on in 28, was almost selling slanky this week, um, didn't realise there was a blanking 29. And those people, that's why the free hit's there. And there's going to be, um, can I say a Pied Piper effect without it sounding really kind of 
slightly slanderous. I, but I think gonna, we already have. So there's going to be that sort of impact if a few content creators do go that way, especially from the bigger ones. My feeling is that hopefully there will be gains to be made because the opportunity isn't as big, the value isn't as big with free hitting in 29 compared to free hitting later on in the season. So yeah, I, that's my way basically of saying that I still think free hitting is better. But I mean, can you can, can you understand why people are going that way? And what sort of team do you think? Do you think the team that kind of would be there off the top of your head looks particularly alluring? I think you can build a good team in game week twenty nine. I, I don't think it's a, a terrible team. I think the problem is because there's only four fixtures. A lot of your players are going to be contradicting each other so clean sheet wipeouts could be a goal at, at in another point in your side and vice and vice versa so yeah it's a limited upside week to free hitting but you are guaranteeing a green arrow pretty much unless you get unless you go really off the wall with your picks and go way 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 against what the the generally accepted norm is then you're probably low risk of a red arrow and then also like i said a free hit is never just about if you plan it properly the free hit is never just about the the week in which it's played it's about the weeks around it that you are gaining benefit from better players in your team team players that other other managers are not able to get to because they are planning their game week 29 team and making transfers the two three weeks beforehand like we are probably going to be doing with that in mind though I just again to pivot the subject ever so slightly before we start running running our time wild carding in game week 27 I think will be a strategy that some people have a look at because the like the likes of Spurs Villa um obviously Luton will play the double game week in 28 as well um, you've got Brentford, so you can look at Tony as well. All of that could be tempting enough for people to wildcard in either game with 27 or 28, run through 29 without having to free hit and also without having to take the hits to get to a decent team. And then they've got the free hit later on in the season to either attack 34 or 37. Yeah. The, the obvious issue there is that there are going to be other players that you're missing out on if you do wildcard this week. And I, ju I just wonder how how much you can attack a wildcard if you're setting up for a, for a non-free hit in game with 29. Oh, but I mean, I, I, there is another way of looking at it, Sam, as we've discussed <laughs> ad nauseam this week, uh, which is that you wildcard into a team which is basically going to set you up for the rest of the season in some ways. Yeah. So you'd go with Salah, Son, Saka, uh, Palmer, I guess, would be kind of your kind of cheapy guy. Um, mm -hmm. And then Watkins, Slanky, Haaland, Haaland. That would be your front, that would be your front, uh, your front seven for the rest of the season. Fill in the gaps in the defence, the goalkeeper and things like that. Get that team in, get it in place right now. Use the free hit for 29 just to kind of deal with the fact that your team isn't quite set up for that. But that team that I just mentioned, that team is going to be a team that at the moment, as far as we know, we're all going to want to get to. Like None of those players are particularly questionable. Yes, okay, Slanky's got a bit of an injury doubt at the moment, but have you seen his fixtures after game week 30, after game yeah, 29? Still, They're still, still good for three, yeah. for three more weeks, arguably up until game week 34. I mean, getting Man United at home in game week 33 is, is of no concern. In fact, you're probably riding all the way into game week 36 if you don't mind Aston Villa away and Bryson at home. Um, so 
there are loads of ways you can play it basically to return to my central central point it's just so interesting it's so there's so many great ways you can you can handle this and i'm pretty happy with kind of the fact that we've ended up on the max chaos mm -hmm. uh, very very exciting indeed. i've never seen you this happy on the pod before oh, i'm just i'm just so like well set tones to you're properly hyped up about this I'm, i can tell i'm so Sorry. happy about this because it means <laughs> that all of my planning wasn't a mistake it wasn't a waste of time right yeah it means i can return yeah. suddenly plan a is right on and i'm not sat there kind of thinking oh you know what i've got to now return to the drawing board i've got to read lots of stuff i've got to listen to okay it's a pleasure actually listening to loads of loads of the really in, de in detail geeky stuff but i've still got to take notes during those um and you know everything that i know everything that i kind of know the paradigm has not shifted too far <laughs> you know um and it kind of helps just focus the mind a little bit because it has been all up in the air for so long um it's always been kind of yeah ifs and buts this might happen this might happen and yes okay that might well happen with the double game with 34 37 um but at least gives us a little bit sort of clarity and simplicity about what happens in 29 at least for me because i know I've, i'm pretty clear on what i'm doing i'm very happy that i'm going to run through 29 and almost definitely wildcard straight out of in 30 i think that probably be the way that i would go um kieran in the chat has just asked um about a few esoteric sort of picks that might now come onto the radar and um, you know, langer gibbs white the forest players um mm -hmm. obviously very cheap hudson adoy in particular 4.7 yeah liverpool at home next but then brighton 28 loose in 29 i mean mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not gonna I, I don't think we're not really prepared to run through all of these sort of players at the moment we'll probably talk about them a bit more in in ensuing pods but i think it's just brilliant that these guys are again on the table um i think that's what makes it really fun and yeah fpl yeah, chaos yeah. Just, just embrace it seriously yeah yeah, there will be some really interesting picks coming out of the woodwork. Nottingham Forest will will be on the radar for 29 for sure. And like you said, 28 with Brighton is not a bad runway into 29 if you're not free hitting that week. Obviously, you can attack a lot more of these players all at once if you are free hitting in 29. So you could have a bit of fun there. Um, but yeah, we've already discussed the, the different benefits and drawbacks of that. So I, I won't go back into that yeah. now. Um, just a quick word. I think this is the most people we've ever had watching along live. So thank you all if you are watching live. 67 of you as it stands. So we do really appreciate it. It makes the, the late stream very much worth it. So thank you. If you could leave a like and if you're not subscribed, if you could do so, that'd be great. Um, but I won't ask again, I promise. Yeah, please do. Please do just to, to make, make Sam staying up all worth it. I'm try, trying to convince him to, to do normal adult hours, right? But mm. uh, sometimes he wants to be in bed at 10. That's the problem. Um, and yeah. good question in the chat as well, because we're speaking about these differences in strategy. Nathan says, so do you do you, uh, actually think that all the teams will be different? The team that I referenced, so Haaland, uh, Watkins, Saka, Son, Salah, Palmer, Arsenal Defence, it's all affordable. I think what's important really is the, the 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 deployment of when you get to that team that is when where the interest sort of lies and yeah. and kind of the immediate period versus the later payoff is where these sort of things differ because people are going to use kind of strategically important options like chips now versus others are going to hold them and hopefully make the most of the opportunity which is later which is later down the road and that creates differences and that creates i i guess the sense of mobility especially for us so we are um you're 200k i'm kind of 300 ish k i, I think that that creates a different layer to how you think about it as well because yeah 
if there is the fact that the te- everyone's on rails, you know, we're all doing the same thing for the rest of the season, the opportunity for gain constricts hugely. In this scenario, there's lots of different ways that you can build <laughs> and you can challenge and you can take things on. And that is what's really interesting, especially if you do have a lot of people who are following a lot of the other big content creators. We're not big content creators, but you know what I mean? Um, down one particular route you can challenge that you can take that on and that is what's really exciting about the results today because i think kind of my fear was going to be that Leeds would win as per your bold claim and that would basically mean that everyone gets off scot-free it's easy street it's really academic what the rest of the season looks like and last year that happened i wasn't excited by it and it kind of killed my enthusiasm for the whole year this has gone completely the opposite and this is great (laughs) This is basically where I am. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and like like Nathan says as well, there there is an argument against it because they are the ones that are hurting our rank week in, week out. But I think you can always go against any given player for a short amount of time and hope that whatever you do to go against them can work out. It's not like all of these players score every single week, even though it might seem like that in some cases, Saka specifically at the moment, it, it, he's scoring every week. But that doesn't go on forever. Um, and more often than not, players return about 50 to 60% of matches at most. So you can go against it, go against the man, get lucky at times. So, yeah, there's always different ways of attacking the back few weeks of the season. And if you want to make quick gains from a, from a lower rank than even where we're at, then challenging what is the meta, what is the template team will be important to do at at least some stage and taking those moments and taking advantage of those moments rather Mm. um i I don't know if there's any more chip strategy or uh, anything like that you want to talk about based on the results tonight or i think we had a couple of other points regarding our own teams and specific injuries things that might have popped up and the captaincy debate as well if you wanted to go into that quickly Yep. So obviously um, today, um, FPL Fred said earlier on that Huang got injured during the game. Yeah, <laughs> I he think looks obviously like as well. Yeah, he won't be back for from next game. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, definitely out. I believe. Yeah, um, I, I would wait for news. Oh, there might have been like a quote after the match already whilst we're streaming. To be fair, I, I imagine he is out though. But that, for me, that kind of makes what was previously quite a difficult sort of conundrum really, really easy. Like I, I hold, yeah. I'm, I've, you know, I've got you know, Gordon Palmer and Huang, and alongside um, Saka and Foden, who aren't being sold. Um, so selling Huang almost definitely for Son because I've got the money to do so. Um, obviously, that's very kind of hashtag team specific. Um, but doing that is absolutely fine. I, I, I do have um, a little bit of a feeling about Madsen actually. Um, slowly getting back into it Um, decent underlying numbers obviously assist heavy um, over the last couple of games but not quite kind of got there but yeah I mean did you you sent me the other day, didn't you? The, the, the some of Son's numbers since he's come. Uh, obviously, admittedly, it's only been kind of one like half, game. Yeah. <laughs> but um, there are potentially some concerns about him. But I think that he's probably the one I'd go with. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm also thinking Huang to Son at the moment is the simple move. But there are others. There, Bowen, obviously, Douglas, Louise, Bailey. Um, and like you said, the, the other Spurs boys as well. If you don't already have Richarlison, for example, he'll be tempting. And if you've not got loads of money stored up, those will be more achievable routes than Huang to Son because 
you obviously need a bit of budget to make that move. Luckily, I think a lot of us do have that budget because most of us don't have Salah and Haaland at the same time. Um, so that won't be a problem for most. And and there will be other transfers people want to make as well. So a stupid now in my team is an issue that just won't quit. Um, so, yeah, they, I, I think for me personally, Son is the most likely candidate, but there are others. But if you want to avoid a free hit in 29, it probably needs to be from one of those eight teams that have the fixture going ahead and Spurs and probably Villa are mm. the two, alongside maybe Bowen at West Ham are pro- probably the ones that you've, you're most likely to have your eye on at this point because they've got not just good fixtures in 29 but also fixtures running up to 29 as well the only thing the only thing that i'm kind of considering is if i get madison over son then i can afford to get bowen over kudis and uh in 28 that, that might be something um i've just seen that gary o'neill said that um i'd be amazed if he plays this weekend um on huang um which i think is probably that's <laughs> pretty definitive yeah <laughs> door closing on Huang there. That time. went well, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I mean, oh, I mean we, we spoke about it on Monday, um, but completely logical move, made loads of sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. We yeah. Were, there's a slight, you know, potential bonus as well that he may have got a game week 29, in which case we'd have all looked like geniuses bringing him in and we'd, we'd have all kind of put pivy, witty quotes on Twitter saying, oh, you know what? I knew this was going to happen. Um so yeah, I mean, it is what it is, and you just kind of yeah take the three points. It's a hat trick of points, Sam, not a hat trick of goals. Just a hat trick of points. We'll take those and we'll move on. And um, mm. yes, um, I, I think yeah, I'll, I'll look at it. Um, I think that's probably Son's the Son's the standout. I can see myself kind of going for Madison and finding that Son. Everyone goes there, and that Son goes on an absolute. <laughs> absolute stormer I and mean, maddie's there assisting the assister yeah <laughs> doing all the sort of things that he does yeah all right um and i guess um I know, I, know, I know we're getting close to your bedtime sam oh it's all right i'm not i'm not that tired yet don't worry <laughs> okay um is holland harland c now locked in for everyone um <laughs> sam you said on monday he's about, to cash, he's about to cash in his xg and i knew when he clipped that the other day when, I when he went and did that i thought yeah. it, it's just too obvious because he was going to obviously he was it's harland like he, he's oh. not going to stay under the radar for long yeah a few listeners such as joe robertson on x have pointed out <laughs> that you were dead right uh, with the five goals uh pep keeps taking him off before he scores the sip trying to make sure that messy yeah. record remains intact mm. um but i mean you were 55 45 on monday and i was kind of more 55 45 towards saka um still there i guess for you yeah for, for what it's worth i obviously the allure of five goals is big but i i don't think that really changes my percentages much i think we always knew he had that in his locker the fact that he's actually just done it more recently might make like a one or two percent difference in terms of oh x form or whatever but he's always been getting the numbers he's been getting the chances and I, yeah I, i'm i'm more likely to go on him regardless of what happened midweek in the cup i was more thankful that he didn't come off injured or anything like that that was the bigger plus for me um but obviously five goal five goals is great it's a reminder to everyone what he is capable of um but Saka in his own right is also a good shout. Sheffield United are not a good team and Saka is in phenomenal form as well as Arsenal blowing teams away. 
Um, on that note, very quickly, circling back to Haaland, I mentioned to you that I wanted to bring this up on the pod, but um, I think with Man City in mind, they've been adopting quite a conservative approach recently, like seeing out games 1-0, 2-0 where possible. And that is something we've seen from them around this period in the season in, in years gone past when they've defended their title before. But I think this year might be a little bit different. And maybe yesterday we saw a clue as to the kind of a, attacking mentality they might be about to switch to. Because I think they've woken up to the fact that both Liverpool and Arsenal are starting to really blow teams away. And the goal difference could be a factor come the end of the season. Arsenal are not going away. And Liverpool also seemingly aren't falling behind. They have got a lot of injuries, but they're still they're still getting the results. They're still grinding them out. And I think that a lot of their players will be back soon anyway. So Man City will be acutely aware of the fact that goal difference could come into it at near the end of the season. And he won't want to take any risks. With that in mind, they might start adopting more of a an Arsenal approach in recent weeks, start trying to really climb the X the no, XG ladder, the goal difference ladder, mm. and and try and just blow teams away for a bit, make sure that that's kind of in their back pocket as almost an extra point come the end of the season. I mean, we talk about it a lot with relegation candidates, but I think having that goal difference over your title rivals will be big come the end of the year. It might mean that also teams like Arsenal and Liverpool attack a fixture a little bit too much when they're not, when they really shouldn't be and end up exposing themselves a little bit. So I, I personally think that they're going to start really trying to churn out big results for a while. And, and again, that's just more reason for me to think that Haaland's going to get even more chances than he has done recently and probably stay on the pitch a bit longer as well, mm. in my personal opinion. That was interesting um, that this this year you've got Liverpool who are basically close to their expected XG. So 57.8, fifth nine goals scored. Arsenal and Man City are kind of tracking each other in terms of underperformance. So 53 um, XG for Arsenal, 60 goals scored. Uh, near enough 52 for City and 58 scored. Mm -hmm. So six and, uh, six and seven underperformances. Whatever we did in Dubai <laughs> seems to have completely re reinvigorated the team. And remember that there were these... I guess, I guess it led to the really boring kind of Neville-led trope that we need Arsenal to sign a striker. Um, <laughs> but like since that time, the handbrake has really come off. And perhaps, yeah, you're right that City need to observe that and do something about it. Um, and you know, if you look to kind of the shorter term and um, XG to goal scored, I suspect you probably see Arsenal kind of straight right up there, really, in terms of how they've started to um, transition away from that sort of notion of complete control remember we were looking at Saka a little while back and Arsenal a little while back and thinking well you know Saka's just kind of drip feeding the points through the narrative was all about how Odegaard wasn't quite at the races in terms of producing uh, creating chances and now that's been completely blown out of the water um, and I think that yeah if we see kind of that replicated by City um, over the next few weeks um, starting with Man United at home <laughs> then I, I think that we could be in for a really interesting time. Um, I do think it's still close um, between Saka and uh, and uh, and uh, Harland. I had to think about that. <laughs> Just that right. um, if you if you haven't been listening, if it's your first time logging in, um, I have um, been told off for uh, calling Harland Holland. It's, it's annoyed a few people, um, so I, I've had to kind of try to redress that. Um, I think it'd be really fascinating to see what happens going forward. I really do.
Um, mm. I'm really interested to see what where we go with it. Um, the the big thing, I guess, um, with, with with not going with Harlan this week is the what if. So if yeah. you don't captain him um, for the Man 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 United game, he goes off and scores a hat trick again, like he did last year, and you've gone with Saka. It's, it's kind of talisman theory, right? So. Man City, goal score, where's likely to come from? It's likely to come from Haaland. Arsenal, yes, likely yes to be sacked at the moment in terms of the goal contributions, but the points are more spread around. Like Marcinelli is now stepping up again on the other flank. Mm-hmm. Um, you've, got Trossard, you've got Trossard in the equation. You've got Habits in the equation. You've got Gabriel in the equation as well. Yeah. Um, there are all of these sort of different avenues. And okay, maybe it's a bit kind of, blue sky conceptual thinking but if you were to kind of imagine two five nils so both games finish five nil would you be as surprised that Saka was involved in maybe one or two of the goals compared to if you found out that Harlem was involved in one or two of the goals like where where does that kind of where did the odds lie I guess in your mind and I think that it does likely lie with with Harlan being involved in more of the goals, really. And yeah. given how United are, I mean, it was, it was FPL Salah um, posted the clean sheet odds recently, and it's, it's incredible that Man City are second for in, in a Manchester derby coming up for having a clean sheet this week behind Arsenal, of course. Um, but it's definitely something to kind of bear in mind. You layer in what's likely to be the EO after the hat trick. Uh, plus two <laughs> and and we end up in um you know potentially i know it's quite conservative in a small c obviously um but, but you end up in kind of season ending territory if it all goes wrong for you i suppose yeah absolutely and i i i personally just usually like captaining the player i think will just generally score the most points and i think harland at home to man united is that is that opportunity we also did not that this should really weigh into our thinking too much because it's only one game but I think we mentioned on the pod earlier this week that Saka has played Sheffield United in a 5-0 victory or something very similar to that and come out with just an assist earlier this season. So that proves that that can happen um, and that at times he can be more peripheral than Haaland is fundamentally. Everything that City do is built towards him scoring goals. Um, so yeah, that's not that's not to say that Saka can't outscore him this week because he absolutely can. I just think in slight if we if we played this combination of fixtures a hundred times i would say harlan comes out as the highest scorer of the two slightly over 50 percent, and that is why that is why i would be going with harlan this week personally yeah the risk factor is obviously there for you though so if you've got a big risk appetite or even a, a you know a slightly kind of large risk appetite the gamble you might want to take is that the likely eo vacuum is going to be there um, after the five goals, I suspect it's going to be more potent than than it was at the start of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, but you bet on another performance like Bournemouth where he gets an assist, looks a bit anemic, gets taken off the 75th minute. Um, and then you bet that Saka gets a golden assist and you're done. You know, it's, it's, that's kind of where you are with the outcome bias thought process. But I, I wouldn't I wouldn't kind of, you know, put too much stock in your imagination. It's all got to be about the cold hard facts, hasn't it, here? Yeah. And I, I suspect that um, it's going to be difficult to turn down going with Haaland. And for what it's worth, um, FPL review I've, at the start of the week was favouring Saka and it's now gone straight back to, to Haaland <laughs> uh, after kind of inputting a few things. Uh, so there you go. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to shout out um, in the chat as well. There's a mention of um, potentially, and I don't know how true or not this could be, but Bournemouth and Crystal Palace could have their fixture moved to game week 29. I don't, I don't know anything about that. Um, so I will leave that to the wise minds of Ben Krellin and James from Planet. Um, so go check them out. And I'm sure that they can fill us in on that and tell us whether or not there is any um any like reality to that situation but for the time being we've come in straight after the games here haven't haven't looked at that so uh, apologies if we've missed anything there but um i i wasn't aware that that is a possibility i will be listening to them in the morning and figuring out whether it is and uh yeah i i think that's probably the end of that matter for the time being i'm afraid yeah yeah we, we can't offer any comment because we have no expertise when it comes to the schedule uh, that's yeah. very much for james and very much for <laughs> as ben. much as we pretend to <laughs> not for us um, <laughs> right any other business sam no not really I, th I think that's probably it for now obviously we'll both lock in our teams over on twitter x whatever you want to call it later on this week um i think it's fairly safe to say neither of us are on a wild card as it stands just to confirm that for now and if we're if we were to lock in right now, we're absolutely not committed. Um, but if we were to lock in a strategy, I think we're both probably looking at trying to avoid free hit 29. But that is definitely not a, a committal response at the moment, is it? No, no. I I think that we're both quite minded to to go without 29 as it stands. I mean, uh, yeah, okay. If, if that sort of edge piece reality comes in, that Bournemouth and Palace do get their game rescheduled into 29 which i guess is a possible i remember sam was saying uh not sam uh, james was saying that's a possibility mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. that maybe that kind of slightly changes the equation but not really because we both got slanky anyway yeah um, <laughs> am i going to be buying anyone else maybe i'd be looking at oh, i've got we've got leno already so we're going to buy neto mm, yeah. don't think so even um, less people would free hit though wouldn't they yeah, i mean yeah. is there going to be a transfer in for senesi or something like that i don't know about that either um so yeah it, 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 it'll be interesting it'll be all right but i don't think it adds anything on um to what we've already spoken about no i don't think so and whilst there is a ferocious debate going on in the comments about the pronunciation of a certain norwegian meat shield we will leave that for the time <laughs> being and probably come back to that at a later date the the debate will rumble on in the meantime i will not go into that right now i'll leave that to tom um but in the meantime thank you all so much for tuning in live thanks for listening if you're listening back or watching back we appreciate you as well up to 90 people were watching live, which is by far a record for us. So thank you so much. Um, if you have engaged with us, if you're watching live, thank you. Re really appreciate that. In the meantime, we have been Who Got The Assist. You can find us on X at WGTA underscore FPL. And I'm over there at FPL Pricey. Um, and Instagram and threads, it's WGTA.FPL. Again, I'm just FPL Pricey on there. If you did enjoy the pod, if you could follow us on the socials, give us a five-star rating if you're listening along on Spotify, iTunes, wherever. And for one final time, if you're watching this far, then please do consider leaving a like and subscribing to the channel. Uh, again, all of these things really do help us get out there and reach as many FPL managers as possible. Yeah, thanks for staying up, Sam. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, thanks for everybody uh, for who's who's watching live, and thanks to all those who are listening and watching back. We really appreciate you hugely. Here's a live long and prosper sign for you. We hope you enjoyed the pod. We hope we assist you make plans the next couple of weeks. I'm off for another beer and study the fixtures a little bit, and hope your review updates itself soon so I can copy that.
I'm kidding. <laughs> but yeah, we'll speak to you on Monday. Have a very good weekend. We'll be live um, during the game uh, at half time uh, on, mm. on during the Monday game. Okay, speak to them. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Sports Social Podcast Network.